0: Who has seen the wind, neither I nor you, but when the leaves hang trembling, the wind is passing through. Who has seen the wind, neither you nor I, but when the trees bow down their heads, the wind is passing by. Good evening, dear listeners, and welcome to the Poet Tree Club. I am your host, the Wild Bohemian, and given that this is our very first episode, I suppose I should introduce myself. I am many things. I am a world traveler, writer, and weirdo. I am a brother, a son, and friend, a military veteran, gamer, nerd, and naturalist. But most of all, I am someone who shares a passion with all those who love the written word. You could say then that I am a bookish sort and that I fancy myself to be some sort of connoisseur or eclectic, but I am not someone who holds advanced degrees in literature or has a particularly deep understanding of the poetic forms. I am simply someone who loves to read and wishes to distill and share that with all of you. It is from this point of view, dear listeners, that I shall select, study, and present to you with the best of my ability. The subject of these curations, therefore, will be words that inspire, move, and entertain me, and I hope they will inspire, move, and entertain you as well. Thank you for making the choice to join me on this journey today. Our first poet and the subject of this episode is Christina Rossetti. Christina Rossetti was a deeply spiritual woman and one of the finest poets of the Victorian era. Her work is provocative in the way it is spiritual but also highly intimate and personal. Our first selection is One Seaside Grave. Unmindful of the roses, unmindful of the thorn, A reaper tired reposes among his gathered corn, So might I till the morn. Cold as the cold Decembers, Past as the days that set, while only one remembers, and all the rest forget, but one remembers yet. Rossetti is far from the first poet's remark on the indifference of death, but I think she does so in an interesting way here. Death doesn't care about our roses or our thorns, and in the end it comes for all of us. It is an interesting idea that in grief we may briefly join the reaper in its indifference, until the morning at least. We only have so many tears to shed, after all. For our second piece I have selected one named for an atmospheric phenomenon. A Fata Morgana is a peculiar type of mirage that is sometimes seen on warm days over cold waters. When rays of light near a ship refract due to this condition, the ship may appear as though levitating many feet above the water, which is why this effect is also known as the Flying Dutchman effect. Next up is Fata Morgana by Christina Rossetti. A blue-eyed phantom far before is laughing leaping toward the sun. Like lead, I chase it evermore. I pant and run. Breaks the sunlight bound on bound, Go singing as it leaps along, Two sheep bells with a dreamy sound, A dreamy song. I laugh, it is so brisk and gay, It is so far before I weep, I hope I shall lay down some day, Lay down and sleep. You could argue that this poem itself is like a mirage, because unlike our first poem, which has more specificity in its themes, this one is more open to interpretation. Perhaps it is about a lover, once coveted but later found to not be what the narrator pined for, or some other goal that was attained but found to be lacking in result. Regardless, you can sense the narrator's sorrow and disillusionment at the realization. The subject of our next poem is Young Love. In this poem, our narrator compares Young Love to a dream in its ending to waking and the turning of seasons. Next is Dream Love. Young love lies sleeping in maytime of the year among the lilies, apt in the tender light. White lambs come grazing, white doves come building there, and round about him the maybushes are white. Soft moss the pillow, for o oh, a a softer cheek. Broad leaves cast shadow upon the heavy eyes. Their winds and waters grow lulled and scarcely speak. Their twilight lingers, the longest in the skies. Young love lies dreaming, but who shall tell the dream? A perfect sunlight on rustling forest tips. Or perfect moonlight upon a rippling stream. Or perfect silence, or song of cherished lips. Burn odors round him to fill the drowsy air. Weave silent dances around him to and fro. For, oh, in waking, the sights are not so fair, And song and silence are not like these below. Imperfect music doth hush unto his rest, And throw the pauses the perfect silence calms. Oh, pour the voices of earth from east to west, And pour earth's stillness between her stately palms. And love lies drowsing away to poppy death, Cool shadows deepen across the sleeping face, So fails the summer with warm delicious breath, And what hath autumn to give us in its place? Draw close the curtains of branched evergreen, Change cannot touch them with fading fingers sear. Here the first violets perhaps will bud unseen, And a dove may be returned to nestle here. I am particularly fond of that last stanza In which Rossetti reminds us that loves, like seasons, may change us for better or worse, but parts of us are evergreen and cannot be changed. For our next poem, I have selected a brief sonnet in order to ease our transition from Christina Rossetti's lyrical poems to sonnets, which she is better known for and which follow more closely to the iambic pentameter. While the former poems were more philosophical, Christina Rossetti's sonnets are more about telling a story. Here is Have You Forgotten by Christina Rossetti. Have you forgotten how one summer night we wandered forth together with the moon while warm winds hummed to us a sleepy tune? Have you forgotten how you praised both light and darkness, not embarrassed, yet not quite at ease? And how you said the glare of noon less pleased you than the stars? But very soon you blushed, and seemed to doubt if you were right. We wandered far, and took no note of time, Till on the air there came the distant call of church bells. We turned hastily, and yet, ere we reached home, sounded a second chime. But what, have you indeed forgotten all? Ah, how then is it I cannot forget? I think we can empathize with the narrator here, as many of us have shared experiences that seemed especially profound and unforgettable to us in the moment, but in which we were later denied by the other. Perhaps the narrator's feelings were truly unshared, or more likely, rejected due to the appearance of impropriety. The setting is Victorian England, after all. Speaking of impropriety, our next two poems tell a tale of jealousy. Here is Last Night. Where were you last night? I watched at the gate. I went down early. I stayed down late. Were you snug at home? I should like to know. Or were you in the coppice, wheedling Kate? She's a fine girl with fine clear skin. Easy to woo, perhaps not hard to win. Speak up like a man and tell me the truth. I'm not one to grow downhearted and thin. If you love her best, speak up like a man. Not I will stand in the light of your plan. Some girls might cry and scold you a bit, and say they couldn't bear it, but I can. Love was pleasant enough, and the days went fast, pleasant while it lasted, but it needn't last. A while on the wax, and a while on the wane, now dropped away into the past. Was it pleasant to you? To me it was, now clean gone as an image from glass. As goodly rainbow that fades away, As dew that steams upward from the grass. As the first spring day, or the last summer day. As the sunset flush that leaves heaven gray. As a flame burnt out for lack of oil, Which no pains relight or ever may. Good luck to Kate, and good luck to you. I guess you'll be kind when you come to woo. I wish her a pretty face that will last. I wish her a husband, steady and true. Hate you, not I, my very good friend. All things begin and all have an end. But let broken be broken, I put no faith in quacks who've set up to patch and mend. Just my love and one word to Kate, not to let time slip if she means to mate. Or even such a thing has been known as to miss the chance while we weigh and wait. In this poem, the narrator is taking the high road despite bitter feelings. Her words are full of grace. There is an undercurrent, however, of you deserve each other. And this is not the last we hear of Kate. The following poem is called Cousin Kate. I was a cottage maiden hardened by sun and air, Contented with my cottage mates, not mindful I was fair. Why did a great lord find me out, and praise my flaxen hair? Why did a great lord find me out, and fill my heart with care? He lured me to his palace home, was me for joy thereof. To lead a shameless, shameful life his plaything and his love. He wore me like a silken knot, he changed me like a glove. So now I moan an unclean thing who might have been a dove. O oh, Lady Kate, my cousin Kate, you grew more fair than I. He saw you at your father's gate, chose you, and cast me by. He watched your steps along the lane, your work among the rye. He lifted you from mean estate to sit with him on high. Because you were so good and pure, he bound you with his ring. The neighbors call you good and pure, call me an outcast thing. Even so I sit and owl in the dust, you sit in gold and sing. Now which of us has tenderer heart? You had the stronger wing. O oh, cousin Kate, my love was true, your love was writ in sand. If he had fooled not me but you, if you stood where I stand, he'd not have won me with his love nor bought me with his land. I would have spit into his face and not have taken his hand. Yet I've a gift you have not got and seem not like to get. For all your clothes and wedding ring, I've little doubt you fret. My fair-haired son, my shame, my pride, cling closer, closer yet. Your father would give lands for one to wear his coronet. And in this we see a continuation of the story in which the grace of the previous poem has vanished. These bitter feelings and salacious details betray the true feelings. In the last stanza, she drops bombshells. Their previous coupling produced a male child and therefore a potential heir. In the treacherous Kate, so far childless, it seems, the narrator may have the upper hand yet. Cousin Kate was published in 1879, and one only need to think of Henry VIII and his wanton disposal of wives, all for the sake of producing a male heir to understand this importance. He fractured the church over it. In the poem, Rossetti speaks again of purity, a common theme in her poetry and Victorian society at large. In her embrace of these ideas, dear listener, One may doubt Christina Rossetti's feminist credential, and indeed there is some controversy over this. She did not belong to any known feminist organizations and was known to be a particularly devout member of the church. However, one must take into account the time period in which she lived, and also consider the following poems, which shed more light on her views regarding women's roles and femininity. Next is Passing and Glassing. All things that pass are woman's looking glass. They show her how her bloom must fade, and she herself be laid with withered roses in the shade. With withered roses and the fallen peach, unlovely out of reach of summer joy that was. All things that pass are woman's tiring glass. The faded lavender is sweet, sweet the dead violet, cold and laid by and cared for yet, the dried up violet and dry lavender. Still sweet may comfort her, nor need she cry, Alas, all things that pass are wisdom's looking-glass, being full of hope and fear and still brimful of good or ill, according to our work and will. Where there is nothing new beneath the sun. Our doings have been done, and that which shall be was. One could interpret this poem as a mere lament of the way society views women. Now, as in Victorian times, beauty standards in our own value are still too often conflated. I think there is more to it than that, however. The final stanza speaks of wisdom and suggests that this cycle, the becoming of beauty and the fall from its grace, are as unimportant as they are inevitable. It is our work that fills us with hope and fear, and it is the work that endures. For our last poem, dear listener, I will read From the Antique. But fret not as there is more to come. It's a weary life it is, she said doubly blank in a woman's lot. I wish and I wish I were a man, but better than any being we are not. We are nothing at all in all the world, not a body and not a soul, not so much as a grain of dust or a drop of water from pole to pole. Still the world would wag on the same, still the seasons go and come, blossoms bloom as in days of old, cherries ripen and wild bees hum. None would miss me in all the world, how much less would care or weep. I should be nothing while all the rest would wake and weary and fall asleep. My heart breaks for Christina Rossetti in this last poem. It is truly a tragic thing that such a creative soul was born and lived in such a repressive age and place. It would have been difficult to imagine then what strides have been made since, but I remind you, dear listener, that there are strides to be made yet. It is a sad thing to leave this on such a somber note. The final line, would wake and weary and fall asleep, is an incredibly bleak summary of the cycle of life. In this we should draw hope, however, as Christina Rossetti's works were not only prominent in their time, but are revered to this day. She is not forgotten. It is also time that I acknowledge the elephant in the room, because I have yet to mention Christina Rossetti's most famous work, the Goblin Market. The Goblin Market is a true masterpiece that is unfortunately far too long to fit into this episode. Stay tuned, however, dear listener, as I have resolved to read it in its entirety for a very special bonus episode. Thank you for joining me on this journey today. I hope that Christina Rossetti's fine words inspire you as they have inspired me, and with that we must part, for I must resume my studies. Be patient and full of hope, dear listener, and I will see you next time.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this episode proudly presented by the APM Group, a subsidiary of Alga Productions, LLC. We strive to produce content that informs, entertains, and adds value to your day. We value your input and would be delighted to hear your thoughts in the comments about this episode. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please engage with us in the comments section or via our social media platforms. Your feedback helps us shape our content and uncover new topics that matter to our listeners. If this episode resonated with you, we kindly ask that you rate and review this show on your preferred podcast platform. Sharing this podcast with friends and family helps us reach more listeners and continue delivering content you enjoy. For more information about the podcast, the host, or our parent company, please visit the link in this episode's description. Also visit us on YouTube and Rumble to see and hear every content produced by Algen Productions. Thank you once again for your time and support. Until next time, stay tuned and stay inspired.